Welcome to the Boomtings podcast, your bi-monthly look into all things wellness. In this episode, we will be looking at how boundaries can be seen as a radical form of self-care and why we think it's important to learn about boundaries and how you can make them work for you. My name is Taka and I'm a wellness enthusiast and skeptic and I'm passionate about giving practical advice where I can. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you for that intro, Taka. My name is Nicole. Thanks, all of you out there listening. Um, I am an energy shifter, and uh, I know that might sound a bit strange for some of you out there, um, but uh, I really work at helping people to realign their mind, body, and soul to help them come back to a state of wholeness. Um, so I use a variety of tools to uh, to work with people on these different levels and so we um, hope to share a lot of this knowledge to help you guys find more wellness. Definitely and thanks for that Nicole. Um, I think then we can just dive right into it. So I think the first question is that's really important is how would you define self-care? Because in order to understand what boundaries look like within self-care, we I think we first need to figure out what self-care means. So like, Nicole, what would you define self-care for you? How does it look like for you? Oh, self-care, well, I'm, I'm somebody who's uh, always big on looking at definitions. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and uh, looked at what the Oxford Dictionary had to say about self-care. And what they said was that self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in, protect, in particular during periods of stress. So, I, I mean, for that. me, that that really defines self-care well. And I think it's it's really about taking the time to recognize what it is that we need and doing it or asking others for that. And in this case, you know, boundaries is, is the best way because boundaries are extremely important for us in order for us to feel comfortable within ourselves. Um, so it's mm-hmm. really just taking, actively taking time out of our day to just check in with ourselves and see how we're feeling, see, see what's going on within us, see what it is that we might need in order to make ourselves feel better. But when I say what it is that we need when, you know, to, to feel better, it's very important to understand the difference between self-care and coping mechanisms. Right? Absolutely. Coping Absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> coping mechanisms are things that we do when we don't know how to deal with what is going on Mm -hmm. and in some senses um these coping mechanisms I don't want to say are negative because you know we're we're all just trying to survive in this crazy world Mm -hmm. um and so some some coping mechanisms might take the form of overeating Mm -hmm. or this might take the um the the shape of you know some, some of us drink, for example, or smoke, mm-hmm. or some of us have to do certain things in order to help us deal with the emotions that are coming up. So I just wanted to make sure that there was a clear distinction between those two things. I think, yeah, there is. I think that's important to put into like into this podcast is that the difference between coping, coping mechanisms and self-care. Um, I think that a lot of um, things can be blurred because it's at one point in time you're like, which one defines self-care, which one is a coping mechanism. 
for some things are not always black and white but I think definitely mm-hmm. I agree with you in terms of the idea of looking at something as like at self-care as something that builds you as opposed to something that doesn't build you um, and that's kind of how I define self-care because I think that these are routines and practices and things that you do um, frequently enough that they act to help you develop and become a better version of yourself. Um, I, I think that self-care is really one of those things that it's so individual and it's so specific that it's really hard to prescribe for someone that this is what you should be doing, um, but it should be something that is building someone and making them like a be- the best version or a better version of themselves if that's possible. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be how I would put self-care and how I define it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you've uh, defined that really well. You, uh, I'm, I'm so in agreement with you. And I think that when we think about boundaries, we and Swarvi, when we think about self-care, we also think about boundaries. And I, w- I would love to hear your opinion on this, but when it comes to boundaries and self-care, um, how would you interweave the two? How would you relate the two? Um, how would you see the two as being interconnected? Because I like, I want to like pick your mind apart a bit about that. <laughs> um, well, I, for me personally, I mean, having been through a, you know, very as of well, 2018, I started taking my my self care routine very very importantly, um, and I I believe that boundaries and self care are almost the same thing, right? And and mm-hmm. I think we have to just take a moment here to define what a boundary is. And mm-hmm. to me, a boundary is something that we put in place to protect us, whether that's physically, mentally, or emotionally, and. But the thing is, when when we do things for ourselves, we tend to feel guilty because we feel like our putting our need, we're putting our needs first. And mm-hmm. we live in a society today where anytime we do something for ourselves, we're deemed selfish. But Absolutely, the thing yeah. is, and and especially for those people out there who are empathetic, you know, and who are in codependent relationships, for example, and that's something that we'll touch on in a little bit, mm-hmm. but. I feel like it's important for people to be able to put in place boundaries because there, there's something that helps to, to create space between us and another person. And I'm, I'm just going to give an example here. So, for example, mm-hmm. I'm going to give an example of my sister because the relationship that I had with my sister was mm-hmm. one that took a lot of work for us to get to where we are. And this was only possible because we were able to put boundaries in place. And especially when it comes to family relationships, there's always a lot of expectations as to what we are supposed to do for our mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like, you know, that sense of respect goes out the window just because we are related. And so it's it, a boundary is almost something that we put in place to help people understand what is acceptable behavior for us. It, it's almost like behavioral guidelines, if you will. So, for example, if um, you, let's say I was in a relationship and I'm somebody who needs a lot of personal space because that that's just who I am. It doesn't mean that I don't want to spend time with people. It's just for me to be at my most optimal and to be able to do whatever it is that I need to do in the world. I need to spend a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. So I would then have to in have to or should I say rather I would inform the people around me and just let, let them know, hey, guys, I need to spend at least two hours alone 
Um, otherwise, this might affect my mood and I might end up being moody with people for no apparent reason and other than I didn't do what I needed in order to be at my optimal energy levels, shall we right. say. Does that make sense? Oh, no, it does, definitely. And I think the key word in this is communicating what these boundaries are. Because um, you were speaking about, and I was listening to you, what you were saying is a lot of it is to do with communication. How we share um, our boundaries is, is a lot to do with communication. Because to me, I kind of see how boundaries relate. I see them as boundaries being related to self-care quite intrinsically. Um, I think that and you had touched on this, um, was the aspect of self-care being something that's building you. And so when boundaries are something that is relating to self-care, you're talking about what are the rules and guidelines that help you feel happy and how do you communicate that with other people? And how do you communicate in a productive way? Because um, there is the aspect of not necessarily communicating in a productive way between yourself and other people you care about. I think um, mm -hmm. I can definitely understand when it comes to when you think about now relationships with people that you um, have on a daily basis, whether it's at work, whether it's with family members, whether it's loved ones, what are you saying to them to communicate that? Um, but I, I want to sort of like say for I probably the only thing I want to add to that is the fact that I think there's a difference between boundaries and walls. Um, I think absolutely. I think that um, one of the one of the things, and I, I I've been guilty of this, is when I first begun to understand setting boundaries for myself, I would I would actually end up setting walls because um, I would say no, it has to be this way, and if it's not this way, then this person doesn't care or that person doesn't care, and I wasn't allowing for a self-reflective moment of like, okay, why do I have, um, why do I have such a hard stance on this? Why am I so defensive? Why am I, what is, what is at the root of how I'm behaving? Um, and this is, it's, it's quite a convoluted way of, of saying things. Um, but the difference between walls and boundaries is that boundaries enable you to thrive and walls don't. Um, walls often keep you stuck within a sense, a state of being, whereas boundaries often enable you to grow and become a better version of yourself. Um, not that the existing version of yourself is not great, but um, boundaries en enable greater communication and greater relationships with other people, whereas walls don't always necessarily do that. Absolutely. And, you, you know, it takes practice to uh, to learn to set boundaries. And I just want to come back on to what I was saying about people who are in codependent relationships, because mm -hmm. people who are in codependent relationships are basically, I mean, I used to be a codependent person and codependence comes from people who um, didn't have you know good role models as, as, as children. And so, for example, whether, you know, a somewhat dysfunctional family and dysfunctional obviously now it can take many different meanings here mm -hmm. but dysfunctional simply just means that the parents or parents were not there in the in the capacity that the child needed mm -hmm. and now it's very easy to look back on our childhood and say oh that wasn't so bad because now our minds are different and we are equipped with different tools to be able to see the world in different ways so the mm -hmm. way we think today 
and feel today is very different to the way we thought and felt as children. Mm-hmm. And so there was, it, it comes from a lot of, it comes from fear, fear of not being seen, fear of not being heard. It comes from a lack of, um, a lack of, what's the word here that I'm looking for? A lack of, you know, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of us find ourselves in, in codependent relationships because of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And as a result of having childhood trauma, and now trauma, when, when people hear this well, they think of something really, really bad. But yeah. trauma is simply when the autonomic nervous system gets um, over flooded and it goes into a state of shock. So, Mm -hmm. for example, let's say, um, I'll give an example of myself. When I was a child, I was petrified of thunder. Mm -hmm. And I would get really, really scared of of thunder. And that would make me very afraid of loud noises. And Mm -hmm. so whilst that doesn't seem like something that is traumatizing as a child, it was traumatizing to me because I would literally be frozen in fight or flight and be almost, you know, unable to move or breathe because I was just so petrified. Mm -hmm. And so these things end up because we have, you know, we we develop trust issues because our parents weren't able to be there in the way that we needed them in. We needed them as children. Um, this this develops. We then develop trust issues, and we close off our hearts because we're so fearful of being hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's why many of us we even don't know how to place boundaries at all. And when I say by not saying bound by not being able to place boundaries, that also looks like not being able to say no to people because yes. we then. Feel need to be people pleasers because Mm -hmm. if we weren't able to receive the love that we needed from our parents Mm -hmm. then we feel that we have to please everybody in order to be liked and Mm -hmm. so we then don't know how to put clear put in place clear boundaries to protect us right so it takes practice. And, you know, for, for example, something like myself, I did not know how to put boundaries in place at all. I was incapable of saying no. Mm-hmm. And what happens is if when we don't know how to say no, we then end up resenting those people to whom we're saying yes. Mm-hmm. But we also have to understand that because we say no to somebody, we don't need to give people a reason. If you don't feel like doing that thing, then you mustn't feel obliged to do that thing. And that person is not going to love you any less because you have said no. And that is important. It's yeah. very important. Yeah. And in the case where we get, we receive backlash because somebody because now we are saying no because what happens is when we start to change our lives other people get affected by it and Mm -hmm. when we are so used to being a wet blanket (laughs) or a doormat (laughs) in this case by always saying yes to everybody in order to feel accepted then some people might start saying oh you're selfish and oh you only think about yourself and I just want to be very clear at this point is if people if you in the audience listening start getting a lot of backlash from people because you are saying no in order to protect your own sanity and your own well-being then one of the things that you might need to start asking yourself is is this person really of that much value in your life Mm -hmm. and it's also interesting is uh what is interesting about it is also listening to why they're saying no what is it that they are exactly. communicating back to you in that conversation that they're like, you're being selfish, you're or entitled or whatever kind of negative 
um, phrases they might spew at you. Um, you have to think about, okay, what, it, what, it, what are they really saying in this moment? Are they communicating that they are having a difficult time adjusting to this personality? This, I use this in quotes, but personality change. Are they communicating mm-hmm. with you that they actually benefited out of you not having boundaries in the first place? Um, and now where there are boundaries being set, they don't stand to benefit. And how do you navigate now in circumstances or environments where um, you this dynamic between the two of you has now changed? So like Nicole was saying, reevaluating the kind of relationships you have with certain people um, is important. And also, if I if you don't mind, can I just add a little uh, part to the just to, to that to tag on to the end of that? Of course, uh, please do. Um, one of the things that I think is also worth um, mentioning is working within a relationship and uh, distinguishing between when you want to work on a relationship and change your dynamic and whether or not a relationship is worth working for, like it's worth working like out and working about. Because sometimes you might have both been operating from a point of trauma or a place of trauma. And that has not enabled you to have healthy relationships with each other. But in growing and uh, with each other and growing through certain things and communicating certain things, if you see that somebody's putting in effort, if you see that they're actually trying to respect and honor the boundaries that you are now setting in place, I think that's a very important um, thing to distinguish that whether or not somebody is like trying to evolve with you and whether or not somebody is really not respecting your boundaries whatsoever um absolutely yeah um I I, sorry I just wanted to add one point onto that because just as you know it it's it's boundaries are not easy and and like I said earlier it takes practice and because you know as you stated so clearly that boundaries when we're practicing to put in place boundaries it does require for us to to master our communication right Mm -hmm. because we can have and and I just want to say something else here because um values they also help us to understand ourselves better because when we Mm -hmm. haven't been putting values in place we've been basically marching to the beat of somebody else's drum right Mm -hmm. because we're constantly doing what other people are saying or when you're also indecisive and you're just kind of going with the flow but going to whose flow exactly Mm -hmm. exactly it's important to understand what our values are and what our our path is because now for example if I have certain beliefs that are very much in line with my values and somebody starts crossing that belief now the thing is obviously everyone is entitled to their opinion but if someone now starts putting you down um, Mm -hmm. because of your beliefs then that person now is now crossing your boundaries yep and when it comes to the way in which we're communicating about our boundaries remember guys that the wording is not what is important but Mm -hmm. the tone of your voice Mm -hmm. because we can say something um, in very different we can say the same thing in very different tones of voice and that will affect very differently so for example if I were to say to you Taka Mm -hmm. um, for example I I would say oh um, last night you ate all the chicken for example Mm -hmm. Um, and then I say oh my god Taka last night you ate all the chicken Mm -hmm. suddenly 
that the second tone of my voice the first tone is just sort of you know factual the yeah. second tone is more accusatory so mm-hmm. even if i'm trying to put in place boundaries to say hey you finished all the chicken that's not cool mm-hmm. the tone of my voice is also going to affect the way in which the person to whom you are showing your boundaries is going to reflect back to you mm-hmm. so just really bear in mind the the way you are speaking and yes. the tone of voice you are using oh yeah and um i think it's also uh, to add to that it, it's important to investigate also and look at like speaking to the aspect of values why you have certain values and what it is that is at the root of the, your values because that then enables you to understand what boundaries you have in place and also how you can set them in different circumstances and in different environments where you can maintain your boundaries and it's quite easy for you to do so with different people and in different relationships um but uh, i wanted to ask you nicole um who do you think um can benefit from boundary setting and when i say that i mean do you think it's just uh something that will be reserved for people who um are people pleasers or do you think that this is something where uh everybody whether or not they consider themselves people pleasers or whether or not they consider themselves um not who do you think benefits from boundary setting i i think literally everybody mm-hmm. everybody benefits from this and because we we're not living alone in the world you know mm-hmm. we're constantly interacting with other people and so when it comes to dealing with others you know just because something works for me doesn't mean that it works for you and you can be the bestest of friends with somebody but still there are certain things that your best friend might do that that bothers you just because you know for example i'm somebody who i i i get really weirded out by the sound of people chewing <laughs> so i know it sounds really strange but it really it really it's really common me. by the and, way <laughs> okay that's good to know but so the thing is rather than me sitting around and you know getting really annoyed at the fact that you know somebody next to me is chewing really loudly mm-hmm. um you know rather than saying hey paul you know could you please shut the hell up you're uh, <laughs> eating really loudly you know yeah. that that whilst i'm putting in place my own boundary i'm then hurting somebody else's feelings yes and the thing is when we're putting in place boundaries they're supposed to protect us they're not supposed to put the other person down that is so, important yes so what happens is when when we're you know if if i know that something is going to bother me you mm-hmm. know if if i know for example that paul always eats really loudly then i will make sure to not sit next to paul but rather go and sit next to carol for example mm-hmm. you know just so that now i'm protecting myself and a boundary can also be you know moving myself away physically from mm-hmm. something that is bothering me for example mm-hmm. if someone is arguing and i do not you know and i'm not or we do not agree with what they're arguing about rather than me getting involved in the argument and being there and getting you know get being being in the energy of this argument that doesn't serve me i can just choose to walk out the room and say hey guys i'm i'm just not going to get in, in, involved in this argument because i just don't agree you know I, yeah so, i i agree <laughs> i agree with that because i think that's important and that kind of goes into the next point of the difference between a boundary and a wall and a wall is exactly. one of those that is that is that is quite destructive you know in nature you might think you're exactly. you're doing something that serves yourself but in the process you are destroying 
the relationships or dynamics with people around you and it's a it's a it's a it's a tightrope to walk especially if you've come from a background and i think to a certain degree we all have of people pleasing between understanding what a boundary is and what a wall is but mm-hmm. when you notice uh, you begin to take uh, note of how people are responding to your boundaries you also have to look into whether or not your style of communication is impacting the boundary so if we take the same example of Paul chewing really loudly you one of the things that you like you said quite fantastically is sitting away or for example if you notice that the reason Paul chews loudly is because he's really congested so um you might exactly say, yeah so you might say to Paul um Paul have you thought about blowing your nose um or Paul have you <laughs> you know something that something that might Absolutely. be beneficial to both of you your boundaries are being observed in the fact that you are not now having to hear Paul chew and Paul is also get is better out of learning from this experience um so i think that Absolutely. that's one of the the fine lines between a difference between a boundary and a wall um so yeah uh, just to touch on something else if if i may mm-hmm. um is that um um what when it comes to who benefits from the boundaries and when i was saying everyone is because what happens is what people cannot read our minds right yes. so <laughs> we can get let, let's say you're in a relationship with somebody and that person does something that really annoys you you know mm-hmm. for example um you know i remember with my ex-boyfriend he would always just leave his socks everywhere and it used to drive me mad <laughs> i was like why can you not put your socks in the laundry basket why does everything go in the laundry basket except for the socks and i know it's something that's really petty but mm-hmm. because i know i'm somebody who's very organized and i like things to be in a certain place mm-hmm. then i knew that even even if and and the thing is we all have traits you know mm-hmm. and some people might think that these traits are you know we're, we're being over the top or we're being too much but that is just how we are and mm-hmm. in order for us to have seamless relationships with people people must be willing to accept that this is how we are and that there mm-hmm. are some things that we cannot accept mm-hmm. so if somebody is constantly doing something that is really pissing you off rather mm-hmm. than secretly fuming at this person and sending them you know hatred dirty looks behind their back <laughs> yeah yeah you know which is causing a lot of just internal stuff for us you know it's putting mm-hmm. us in very dense energy because we're getting angry for something that we could easily avoid by telling that person hey would you mind not doing that it actually kind of annoys me mm-hmm. because that person doesn't know that what they're doing is annoying you until you tell them mm-hmm. but now again we have to make sure that when we're telling this person we're doing it in a way the tone of our voice is also respectful of the other person because mm-hmm. boundaries is this is where i end and this is where you begin mm-hmm. that that, yeah. that is also what a boundary is, is to help people understand i can exist in this relationship within mm-hmm. this this framework anything that goes beyond is going to make me uncomfortable and it's probably going to lead to me being angry pissed off unhappy sad whatever it may be so mm-hmm. it's really just about keeping our emotional and mental well-being in a, in in a state of harmony by expressing what it is that we need 
Right. And I think that when you set healthy boundaries and you have healthy communication with somebody, it actually puts you in great alignment with each other. And exactly. the more you and it gives you a, an opportunity to understand each other better and how to navigate in the world where, where other people exist. Because I think there's still a little bit of um, our own inner child that uh, prioritizes well this is how I feel and this is what happens when I exist and if you're not conscious and about moving out of that state of being you can definitely end up stuck in the space of creating walls as opposed to creating boundaries okay so we're moving into part two where we'll be talking about boundary setting and examples. And here we'll be giving you concrete examples of what we think would be effective ways to instate boundaries in different like environments. So that whether that's at work or with home and family and or in friends and in relationships. Um, Nicole, I don't mind. Do you mind if I just kick things off for a bit? No, please go ahead. Okay. Um, so the first thing I was like, I was thinking to myself was um, how can you set loving boundaries at work and one of the things that I one of the ways rather that I've been able to set boundaries for myself during my work is timetabling things on scheduling things so if I'm going to be working between nine nine to five for example um, I'm going to have when I'm at work, I'm going to be productive because that's the arrangement that we had set forth with between myself and an employer. However, once I leave the workspace, I'm now not addressing issues to do with work. When I first came into the work environment, I was kind of, um, I didn't have the boundaries that I needed. I would be the person who would answer messages outside of hours. Um, if someone has asked, sent me an email, I'll get back to it as soon as I saw the email. And that didn't serve me because it meant that I got burnt out quite quickly. Um, one of the ways is- Been there, done that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the thing is, in, the, in a professional environment, unfortunately, if you don't set the boundaries for yourself, no one's really gonna tell you to set the boundaries. They're kind of just kind of let you, let you be. If you work from Monday to Monday, that's really not their issue. So long as you're functional and you're getting the work done, that's really where their concern is. So you have to mm -hmm. uh, assess for yourself, okay, what is it that, I, what are the framework that I would like to work in? Um, if I'm working from nine to five and I take an hour break at lunch, am I making sure that during my hour break at lunch, I'm not looking at my phone, I'm not checking my emails. Um, I'm doing things within my hour break of lunch that I enjoy, like whether it's just like simply enjoying my sandwich or soup or whether or not it's, I don't know, reading a magazine what have you, how am I making sure that I'm honoring my own boundaries as well as working productively? So I think that timetabling and scheduling things is so important. And um, on the, the subject of scheduling things, I was thinking about like meetings, for example, one of the things that um, happens with meetings, and I, I thought this was quite brilliant, um, was in the banking sector, uh, I've, I've heard that in many different organizations, they have a timer. So they say that if this meeting is supposed to be 90 minutes, for example, they will start a timer for 90 minutes. And after 90 minutes, you can get up and leave um, because everything should have been said within the 90 minutes. And I think that um, setting those kind of boundaries in place, maybe not physically having a timer, but telling people, listen, I have an hour to get this meeting done. What can we cover within an hour? 
and then maybe when the hour is over just being like okay i need to wrap things up uh like effective ways to set boundaries um with yourself and with others but at the same time you are still honoring working there and you're still honoring being in the workplace and getting your work done absolutely i just want to touch on what you've said there taka mm -hmm. and um I know that it can be difficult to set boundaries at work, especially when it comes to our bosses, because mm -hmm. we feel that because now as we are an employee, we feel that we we must say yes to everything our employer asks us. But that mm -hmm. is not the case, because remember, you have a work contract and within your work contract, you have certain uh, responsibilities and duties that you are supposed to carry out. Now, mm -hmm. you know, if, if an employer decides that he wants to work until 10 o'clock at night, that is his choice, but he cannot expect his, he or she, should I say, should not mm -hmm. expect their employees to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I understand that it can be scary to say no to a boss that you can't take that meeting or whatever it may be. But the thing is, it's important to understand that work is not everything, mm -hmm. because if you're if you're giving your all at work, but then your family relationship or your, you know, your partner relationship or your relationship with your friends is suffering as a result to you giving your all at work and that you are also burning out, then it's important to to prioritize what is actually, again, a value in your life, because mm -hmm. once you actually know what is of importance importance to you and where your priorities lie it also makes it easier to start setting boundaries so just something i wanted to add there oh absolutely and uh just to build on that i think it's it's okay not to be liked and i think that that comes into like the people pleasing element where you're like mm -hmm. oh i want my boss to like me but it's also to what extent um exactly. and when and in this particular circumstance, we're not talking about like extenuating circumstances where maybe of something course. needs to be, a project needs to be completed today and it was out of anybody's control. We're talking about just the day-to-day -day functioning at work that enables you to have healthy boundaries and enable you to be able to, again, like you're saying, meet the needs of the organization. But at the same time, you're very much still honoring uh, what it is that you, are willing to do um and also just to add as a, a side note do not disturb uh, <laughs> do not disturb yeah. with a very functional tool so if you decide that after work i'm going to set my phone to do not disturb so i'm only going to get my emergency calls you can do that and you're free to do that and um believe it or not um I, this might be very controversial to say but sometimes people can pivot around you when you set boundaries people will be like okay i'll know not to call this person after 6 p.m um because and i'll call them on the within the working day or i'll speak to them within the working day if it's not an absolute emergency um so some of the things ways in which you can set boundaries for yourself are not even vocally it could just be through your actions. You're just showing people that this is just how I am and this is where I this is where my line is. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it could also just because 
sometimes at work, <laughs> we tend to procrastinate a little bit mm. um, because we get distracted by all sorts of things. So in order to, to make sure that if, if we know that we want to be leaving every day at five o'clock, for example, mm-hmm. um, then it's also our responsibility to make sure that we get our work done within that timeline. Yes. So in order to facilitate us getting our work done, it could also mean turning your phone off and not having any notifications mm-hmm. for, I don't know, maybe say three hours of the day so mm-hmm. that you're, you're not getting distracted. That's also a boundary for yourself mm-hmm. so that you're not getting distracted by other people so that you can fully focus on whatever it is that you need to do so that mm-hmm. you can leave, you know, at the time that you want to not have to stay late. Absolutely. I think that that's such a helpful thing to what you've just said of actually acknowledging where your own shortcomings maybe so maybe you do need to stay until six because you've been procrastinating for half the day but it's important to acknowledge um where you're coming into it and within the whole communication and conversation and relationships with other people um absolutely the other thing that i was kind of thinking about was how can we set loving boundaries at home or with family members um nicole what would you suggest um, well, I think we touched on this a little bit, you know, when I was talking about, uh, you know, my, my sister relationship, for example, mm-hmm. um, and how I'm somebody who needs a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in order to take the time and especially if, for example, you're working and you have a busy job and then you have to go home and, you know, you have now your family responsibilities to take on, you know, simply saying, hey, guys, like, once you get home, I just need an hour to unwind mm-hmm. so that you can leave the stresses of the day in the past and not take the stresses of work life into home life. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that's where, you know, families might might sometimes get torn apart because somebody is, you know, having to work late all the time because they're not able to say no to their boss, for example, or because mm-hmm. they work quite a you know, a strenuous job, and then they there's a lot of stress on them that by the time they come home, they're deflecting that stress onto their family members because they're moody or they're angry because they were not able to say to their boss, for example, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure to have time alone to just check in with ourselves, see how we're feeling, just have time to unwind before we start engaging with other people can also make sure that we're not carrying the energy of the previous activity into the next activity absolutely absolutely and I think that also Um, yeah sorry go ahead no 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 no. go ahead sorry I was done (laughs) okay um I I would think that um and just to pick up about part of what you're saying having candid conversations with people is very important so um Just as you would, just as you would set boundaries at work, having boundaries at home or with your family. So whether it's telling them I need an hour after to decompress after I come back from work or whether or not it's telling people, hey, by the way, I know these jokes, I don't appreciate them Um, because sometimes different people have different ways of communicating their humor. Um, But having Mm -hmm. these boundaries and being able to um, understand what their boundaries are what your boundaries are can be very helpful in building loving relationships with people i'll use the example of myself absolutely yeah um of myself and my sister we actively try and work um like you like you guys i guess to have good healthy um relationships with each other by communicating what it is we need within a certain moment because Mm -hmm. um or how for example our boundaries may have changed and evolved 
through time. So um, I'll give an example. I used to identify as an introverted person. And for a very long period in time, I was like, I need my personal space a lot. <laughs> um, but that shifted. Um, but without ex like ex explaining or communicating with people that, listen, I've actually shifted, this mindset has shifted from introversion to extroversion. And I'm quite happy to engage with people a lot more than I used to be. Um, they wouldn't know that. And I would Absolutely. have to then communicate with them that this boundary has changed because um, boundaries are also not static things um, and communicating with them that I have now grown and evolved into this kind of person who appreciates these different kinds of things. Um, so I think that that can be a very like useful tool or helpful tool with you and different like family members or at home. Absolutely. And I just really want to touch on, on this topic here of, of you know, setting boundaries within family this is not easy mm. and to say that it is if we haven't previously had boundaries around our family this 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 can be quite tricky and it can be quite difficult and it can bring up some some difficult conversations mm -hmm. um but I just really want to reiterate here that if even if people start making you feel you know like like you are asking too much I, I just want to make sure that you know all of our listeners out there please mm -hmm. do not feel guilty when mm. putting in place your boundaries mm -hmm. because if you do not put yourself first mm -hmm. nobody else will mm -hmm. and it's very 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 important to realize that what you are doing here is not selfish mm -hmm. what you are doing here is to make sure that you can show up at the best version of yourself in every single relationship mm -hmm. so it might be a tricky journey and, you know, it could be rocky, but please just keep remembering that you need this. Yes. That this is important for your sanity and yes. your health and your mm -hmm. well-being. So just just really something I wanted to reiterate when it comes oh, to family. Absolutely. I agree. It's it's a very it's a very layered conversation. And I think every family dynamic is different. So and how it's impacted you is also very different, too. So but the importance of putting yourself first is is paramount and understanding that like you're saying how to show up as the best version of yourself in relationships is what boundaries do they enabled you to lit to turn up as your best self um whether that's with family members or even like now like for example in relationships um with mm -hmm. friends or romantic relationships boundaries enable you to show up as the best version of yourself um, I think that the difference, um, perhaps between family relationships and friend relationships, if, if there is, um, because some, some friends are like family, um, true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and some family also are, uh, can be your friends too. So, um, with those kinds of relationships, intimate relationships, having conversations with someone and communicating with them is so important. Um, I also think that when it comes to uh, friendships and relationships, it's one of the ways you can set loving boundaries is having separate activities or if you want to call it separate identities, um, things that are independent of each other. Um, because then you are having, when you have everything together, there's a risk that you can develop codependent relationships 
Um, whereas mm -hmm. when you have very separate activities, it enables you to grow as an individual and for them to grow as an individual. I and mean, then you come together in this relationship with the growth that you've experienced um, through other things as well. Um, I can give an example if that makes things any clearer. Sorry, have I been talking for too long or is this okay? No, no, please, please go ahead. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I um, like to do, and I'm really quite keen on just like just doing myself, is I'm like a big activities person. I like going for walks. I like going for pottery classes. I like learning about different things like tarot reading cards and all of that stuff. But I know many of my friends who are not necessarily into or interested in the same kinds of things. Um, and with this, um, I don't then sort of say, okay, you guys, you have to come with me. Um, I just kind of be like, okay, if I'm interested in something, I will go and do this and I will learn about this and I'll grow about this. And they also too have their own independent activities that they enjoy doing. And so when we come together and we converse together, we have this beautiful conversation where we've learned all of these new things and we are sharing with each other. Um, but we are also not uh, forcing each other to be fully like enmeshed in our in our lives in in ways that someone might not want to be. And there's also nothing wrong with that if someone doesn't want to be fully enmeshed in their life in every single aspect of your life. Um, but yeah, that's probably what I would add. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. um... I think we can uh, move on to uh, our next section mm -hmm. as we um, have a little uh, journaling exercise that we've put together to uh, help um, help you listeners out there um, understand how to set more loving boundaries in your life. So uh, Taka, I'll let you take this one away. Okay, um, thank you for that introduction, Nicole. Um, yes, so if you have the time, um, I would love if somebody, if you could kindly just get out a notebook, a piece of paper and a pen. Um, we're just going to do a little bit of an exercise that will challenge how you think about boundaries and we'll try and introduce how you can work boundaries into, into your life and understand perhaps where aspects of your life where you would like to have stronger boundaries. Um, so yeah, if you could just get out a pen and paper and we can start. Or alternatively, you could just pause the podcast, get your pen and paper, and then we'll start anyway. Um, <laughs> the first thing I would say is visualize who you'd like to speak to. If there's an individual, if there's a group of individuals, whether it's a work, a work colleague, a family member, a friend, a partner, um, somebody who you would like to have a different boundary dynamic with. Um, write the person's name down on this piece of paper or in your notebook or on a free scrap paper and think about what would you like to say to this person? What is it that they don't understand about you or that you would like them to understand about you? Think about the relationship you have right now, the, the way in which you communicate with each other. What would you like to change? Is there, are there aspects that you wish you would be able to speak out about? And how can you speak out about that? When you think about some of the examples that we've been giving about work and family and relationships, what would you like to say to this person? And 
write that down, whether it's three points, whether it's 10 points, what would you like to communicate to this person? The next point I would like to say is, how can you safely communicate your needs to this person? Is there someone who can help you communicate these boundaries in situations where it's less clear? Do you have a mediator um, who can help you communicate that this is what your boundaries are? Is it, can you communicate with this person directly? If you can, fantastic. And I think when you're writing this exercise and you're going through this exercise, it's important to notice the certain blockages. And by blockages, I mean the fear. Um, what are the interrupted thoughts? What are the people-pleasing thoughts that are making you think, oh, I can't say this, or I shouldn't say that, or this is not that bad, or um, I don't want to seem too much, or I don't want to seem too left or too right. What are, the, what are some of the fears associated with communicating with this person in the way that you really want to communicate with this person? And write down what those blockages are write down what they might, what are those fears? In writing down these fears, you'll be processing what it is about this relationship that makes you, um, makes communication a little bit stilted and makes the boundaries a little bit stilted. And it can also enable you to understand how you can navigate boundary setting with this person or with these people in a stronger, more clear, concise way. I'll give you a couple of seconds so that you can pause and you can write. Um, and yeah, when you think about this, I want you to be able to take away a new way of thinking about boundaries. And I want you to be able to think about how to move without fear when it comes to boundaries and your relationships with people, because it will get better and you will get to a point where you are able to show up as the best version of yourself. Um, so write down as many people or as many um, situations and circumstances as you need to. Uh, but please feel free to keep referring back to this exercise anytime you want to think about setting effective boundaries with people. Yeah. Um, I just want to introduce uh, Nicole to the next segment. We're gonna do a short meditation where she's going to lead that will be related to boundary setting. Yes, so thank you Taka for that. Um, to, we've touched on a lot of topics here and I think it's um, about. Um, so to close our episode here today, I'd like to just guide you through a very short meditation. Um, and the purpose of this meditation is to help you go inwards and to just sense how you're feeling. Because a lot of the time, we don't know how to place boundaries until we know how we're feeling. Or in most cases, our boundaries get crossed before we even realize that those boundaries need to be put in place. Um, so this is just um, a very short meditation that will help you to go inwards and to just take a moment to see what it is that you need. So if you can just gently close your eyes, make sure you're sitting comfortably. If you're sitting on a chair, just make sure that your knees are placed directly over your feet. 
Um, make sure that you're grounding nice and comfortably into your chair. So as you close your eyes, just take a moment to relax here. We're gonna go through three rounds of breath here just to clear any stagnant energy. So nice, big inhale from the belly, pulling from the belly up into the chest. A nice big exhale out the mouth. Nice, big inhale from the belly, pulling it up into your chest. A nice big exhale. Really pushing from the back of your throat. Nice big inhale for our last breath, really pulling from the belly up into the chest. And as you exhale, nice big exhale with a ha sound to really remove any stagnant energy. And I'd just like you to come back to your normal breathing here. Just take a moment to concentrate all of your awareness on your breath. Focusing on the inhale. And as you exhale, clearing any stagnant energy, really exhaling all the breath out of your body. Focusing on your inhale and really extending on the exhale to remove all that stagnant energy. Inhale and gently exhale as you continue to keep all of your awareness on your breath i'd like you to just take a moment here to think about how you're feeling think about what is going on inside of you just paying attention to any thoughts that are coming up paying attention to any sensations you might have within your body but not getting attached to these thoughts and not getting attached to these sensations. I want you to just take notice, just simply become aware of these functions, simply become aware of whatever is on your mind, whatever you are feeling. And I'd like you to just, for a moment, think about something that tends to bother you when you are dealing with another person. Think about something that tends to bring you irritation or annoyance or frustration when you think about this thing. Think as why does this bring you frustration? Why does it bring you angry, anger or irritation? Why does this thing make you feel unwell? Why are these emotions coming to the surface? What are these things that are being done? And how could you possibly avoid these situations in the future? What could you say or do to help you minimize this feeling of anger or frustration or perhaps irritation or whatever other emotion it is that it's bringing up. Simply pay attention to the feeling that this gives you 
and ask yourself, is this a feeling I wish to continue feeling? Or is this a feeling that you wish to let go of? And how could you possibly let go of that feeling? How could you possibly do something to change the feeling? To minimize the feeling or to completely eradicate this feeling. And just feel what it would feel like to no longer have that feeling. To simply now replace this anger with indifference or peace replace this frustration with peace, to replace this irritation with peace. So just take some time to feel what this feels like and what you could do to maintain and you can gently start to open up your eyes again and you might want to take this moment to just write down whatever it is that came up if you feel that this might be helpful for you or if not this is where we bring our podcast to an end. So thank you all so much for listening. If at all you have any questions or would like to reach out to us for anything at all, you can email us on boomtingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.